Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A prairie village woman seemingly vanishes into thin air. Now think about it. This is a town of about 20,000 people. Where is Angela? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our friends at Fox 4 Kansas City. Neighbor safe Angela Green was devoted to her daughter, and to her neighborhood near 76th and Knoll. When she wasn't out gardening in her own yard, she tended to the Tomahawk, Rhode Islands, helping to clean them up. When the summer came up and Angela wasn't out as usual, I'd asked other neighbors, and they thought maybe she had gone to China. Police say the native of China hasn't been seen since June 19th and was just reported missing by someone last week, eight months later. Eight months later? 
<laughs> That's like Humpty Dumpty. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Time in a missing person's case is of the essence. We've heard the stat a million times before. Very often a kidnapped person can be killed within the first 72 hours. That's why they're so critical. And think about it. If someone has been kidnapped 60 MPH with every hour, they could be getting further and further away to a point they can never be found again. And now we find out there's an eight-month delay. Well, I think I know why there was an eight-month delay, but I want you to hear it all yourself with me, and I'll start panel to make sense of what we know right now. But first, I want to go to Mary Hen, Associate Editor, Kansas City Magazine. She is the one that brought this to my attention through an essay she wrote called Where is Angela Green? I happened to find it uh, on the KansasCityMag.com website. You know, Mary Ann, thank you for being with us, joining us from Kansas City. Mary, a lot of people are wondering why there was an eight-month delay in reporting Angela missing. But I want to go back to something that we just heard from our friends at Fox 4KC, Kansas City. It was pointed out, and I'm not really sure why, that she, Angela, is Chinese. And, but, 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 but she, Angela, had lived here for years and years and years, created a family. I mean, I'm looking right now at photos you, Mary Hen, included in your essay. And I'm looking at her. These, you could change the faces in these photos and it would be me with the twins, one or two of them. You've got her in the hospital, and she's got her baby, Ellie, on her chest right after she's given birth. There she is riding her piggyback. There they are at Christmas when Ellie's just a little baby girl at the Christmas tree. Uh, They're very, very poignant. This is a woman who spent many, many years and created a life here in the U.S. Tell me, Uh, Mary, about her coming here and assimilating and having a child here in the U.S., that little girl now, Ellie. Right. So um, as you said, um, Angela, you know, she had been in the United States for for more than 20 years um, at the time of her her disappearance. Um, She didn't even really have family in China. Um, Most of her family had... um, moved to New York. Um, you know, she had, she didn't visit China. Um, she lived in the same house her, you know, entire American life. You know, I, I'm thinking about the neighbors, Mary Hen, and let me go to you, Karen Stark. Karen Stark joining me, renowned psychologist joining us from Manhattan. You can find her at karenstark.com. That's Karen with a C. Karen, um, nice to have you joining us today, as always. I agree with almost everything you say, but let me talk to you about, about, about this. Um, here's a good example. My son, John David has a really close friend, a may and a may and his whole family left to go visit relatives in India where the mom and the dad are from. And he is going to be gone over a month. And I'm wondering, you know how I blast neighbors that they're like, the monkeys see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil? 
And you can see children are not out in the yard. They're not catching the school bus. You don't hear them playing. You don't hear the door slamming or any playing basketball, anything you expect to hear outside. And um, remember the House of Horrors? Remember them? The Turpin family? How many children yeah, did they have, cool. Jackie? A lot. I, I, I don't think it was 17. I want to say 11. You look it up. Okay. If I were a betting woman, Jackie, I would bet a dollar with you, but I'm not going to do that. And none of the neighbors said a darn thing. And all the while, these children were inside getting horribly abused, starved, chained to their beds, uh, mistreated, locked in closets, the works. So I'm always blasting neighbors. But in this case, if neighbors thought that she, Angela, had gone home to visit China, that's not unusual to be gone for one month, three months, an extended period of time. So I'm going to give the neighbors a break on this one. Yes, that makes, that makes sense to me, Nancy. I think the most telling part of this is that she had a very, very close relationship with her daughter. And the fact that she has this close relationship with her child, and you know about that, how would she possibly not be in touch with her at all? Or take the child with, take the daughter with. You really think I'm going to go anywhere? You know my rule. I don't want to be gone over one night away from the twins. One night, I'm in pure anguish. They seem to be doing fine with it, Karen Stark. I'm the one that has a problem with it. So how many chirping children were there? Thirteen. Aha! So neither one of us were right, but I was closer. Yes, you were. I was closer. I want my imaginary dollar, Jackie. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out why the neighbors wouldn't have said anything. Leaving and not taking the daughter with you, I think that is a sign, but I don't know that the neighbors knew that. But you know another thing, Karen Stark, and that's why I threw this to you because you're the shrink. I think people don't want to see anything wrong. Where I see a, a stranger behind every tree, a lot of people want to just live, you know, fat, dumb, and happy. They don't want to know something bad is lurking next door, that someone could be in distress. They don't want to think about it. They don't want, you know what, let me be blunt. They don't want to be bothered, Karen Stark. They don't want to be bothered. And I also think that people tell themselves, well, it really isn't any of my business. You know, maybe they didn't really, she didn't have a relationship with the neighbors. Although you did mention, and we know, Nancy, that she would spend some time, I think you mentioned it, she would love to be in the garden and she tended places around her house. But I think that people are they kind of keep to themselves unless one person starts to speak out. And then all of a sudden, everybody joins in. Well, I do have to give them one more break. Dale Carson is joining me, high-profile lawyer out of Jacksonville. This is something I really like about Dale Carson. Not only does he know the law, although you're totally on the wrong side of the law, but former Fed with the FBI. He's the author of Arrest Proof Yourself, and you can find him at DaleCarsonLaw.com. I've got to give the neighbors another break because when she went missing, when Angela goes missing, the daughter was no longer an infant. So I can't really blame the neighbors for not putting two and two together and saying, wow, she didn't take her daughter. Her daughter was already of the age where she was studying abroad. So that's... I can't blame them, but do you find, Dale Carson, that generally speaking, 
Neighbors don't want to notice anything is wrong. Well, that's that's true. And, and if you don't know anything, you can't be responsible, right? Mm. I think people are denying responsibility for their neighbors. If you don't know, then you won't be responsible for not doing anything. And that went on for eight months. You know, I want you to hear the daughter who has become a central fixture in this case, as she should be. Take a listen to our Cut 15. This is Ellie Green speaking to our friend Mary Hen at the Kansas City Star. Um, my mom is Angela Green, and she came from China in her 20s, um, married my dad, and then had me a couple years later, and she basically gave her life to me. Like, she put all of her time and effort into raising me and making me the best that I could be. Um, So she is amazing and, like, she would give everything to people without really wanting much in return. June 20th, we got into typical, like, mother-daughter little argument about something insignificant I don't even remember. She wanted to kick me out and I didn't understand why that was really. I didn't know if there was something mental going on. Um, I knew she really missed me throughout college. Then June 20th I left and I never saw her again in person. Yeah. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, 
Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Mary Ann joining me, associate editor, Kansas City Magazine. Her essay, Where is Angela Green, is phenomenal. Mary, describe for me Ellie's demeanor when she was talking about never seeing her mother again. They have a spat. The mom says, well, you know what? If you're not happy, just leave. And then she takes it upon herself to leave, as I could imagine somebody at that age would do, and flounce out. She goes to her boyfriend's house. She never sees her mother again. Tell me her demeanor when she was describing this. Um, you know, I talked to Ellie around Christmas time, and that was Angela's favorite time of year. Um, and I think, you know, Ellie was kind of keenly aware of that. Um, she's soft-spoken, um, a little bit passive, and it was it was a hard conversation to have. Um, you know, she was... Um, still as anyone as most people would be um pretty visibly um upset and concerned about um you know what what happened to her mother you know dan corsentino was with me former police chief former sheriff served on u.s homeless senior security advisory board now a pi private investigator at dancorsentino.com dan you know it's one thing to lose someone you love. That's bad enough. But then to never know what happened to them. So you're, I, I remember after my fiance Keith was murdered, I would have dreams and still do actually to this day that he wasn't really killed. But he just left me. And I wake up all upset and conflicted thinking, well, well, wow, would you be happier if he had died as opposed to just left you? Are your feelings of abandonment more important than what happened to him, his murder? And I, I mean, I, you know, Karen, you can weigh on this later, but I, I think that's a struggle that you have inside when you don't really know exactly what happened. At least I know that Keith was murdered. I was at the funeral. But to live, Dan Corsentino, and you've seen this a lot with families, children, wives that never know what happened. That's just got to be awful. Well, there's never closure and they become eternal victims themselves. That's self-perpetuating because they hold themselves sometimes responsible because they think perhaps they should have known. They should have known something. What was the tipping point? What did they miss? And to your point, 
Absolutely. They're empty inside and they relive it day and day again. We've had so many people that have in murder cases vanished in other cases, uh, domestic, they have not been seen in the family members become for as long as until there's closure in that case, they, uh, they just cannot deal with it in a proper way. You know, Karen Stark, I agree with everything he said. Can you explain the thinking that victims go through when they never know? Like in this case, Ellie. You just heard Mary Hen from the Kansas City Magazine describing what she was going through, how Christmas brought it all back in her mind. What do these people go through that never have any idea did she just walk out on me? Did she leave me and dad? Uh, is she dead? Did she start a new life somewhere else? You know, have you ever wanted to go back and look up somebody you went to um, elementary school with or kindergarten and think, wow, whatever happened to so-and-so? Can you imagine scouring the Internet every day trying to find out where's your mother? But look at the story with you and Keith, Nancy, and you actually knew what happened to him, but you weren't there. And even that causes a response where you keep thinking maybe he left you. Here she is. She had an argument with her mother. I can't think of anything worse than you have a fight with somebody and then they disappear and you never see them again. And so, of course, there's a part of her that's going to hold herself responsible. What if we didn't have a fight that day? What if I didn't leave and had stayed with her? And it's just it's all that guilt, Karen. Horrible. And people, when someone dies, there's a natural response in the beginning to feel guilt to begin with. You know, I should have been nicer. I should have said that. What about that day or the other day? You can't help it. Your mind just keeps replaying it. But here's a situation where she doesn't know where her mother is. And the worst part, Nancy, really, the worst part is that she still has a little bit of hope. I oh. have no doubt that maybe her mother will show up. Well, a development. Take a listen to our Cut 16. This is Ellie speaking with Kansas City. So I went to my boyfriend, Zach Krause's house, and I ended up staying with him for the rest of the summer. What turned out was that my dad said that she had been taken away, taken to a mental institution, a hospital, he did not want me visiting her until she was better. Okay, right right there. Mary Hen joining me, associate editor of Kansas City Magazine, who started my quest to try to find out what happened to Angela Green. Mary, taken away. So the daughter has a spat with mom. She goes to boyfriend's house. She stays there the rest of the summer. There's a few, just a few weeks left in the summer. And then dad says... She had a mental breakdown. Don't go see her until she's better. Wow. Okay. Did did she have a history of mental illness? There is no, um, you know, record um, on paper that Angela Green had, um, you know, serious mental health issues. Um, they kind of described her as being a bit of a recluse um, and said that she at times exhibited some odd behaviors like she she didn't really um like to go to the grocery store alone for instance she didn't like driving um she really kind of liked to stay at home 
Okay, right there. I just want to stop. Dale Carson. I hate, I hate going shopping. In fact, I feel like a bad mother because Lucy's like, hey, can we go shopping? I'm like, yeah. And I'll actually arrange play dates so Lucy can go shopping with her friends. Translation. So I don't have to go in a mall. They're the devil. Um, uh, do I want to go to the grocery store? Well, the pandemic totally ruined me because I have it delivered whenever I can, wherever I can find it cheap enough to deliver. Long story short, I don't find any of that unusual. And did the relatives ever think maybe it was them? Maybe she just didn't want to be around them? I mean, think about it, Dale Carson. None of that sounds odd to me at all. Well, I don't think it's necessarily odd, but the fact that she didn't like to leave the house runs in the face of her leaving and just going away. Oh, it really does. As far as mental illness, though, I mean... Karen Stark, let me ask you. You're joining us from Manhattan. Would you do you would you rather stay in your awesome apartment with all those dogs that bark their heads off uh, with a nice cup of latte? Or do you want to go down your elevator and go out on the city streets where they probably haven't picked up the trash yet? Um and fight your way through the crowd to get to the grocery store where you could, what, Dagstino's, where you could easily have it delivered for like a $5 fee? I mean, which one would you pick? Well, I, personally, I don't like going to the grocery store. It's just not something that I do. <laughs> I, I really, I'd rather order something, and I'm not a cook. I, I know. I forgot about the fact that you don't like, you don't, let me just say, cooking is not your favorite thing to do. But I mean, I don't find any of this odd. Um, yeah, it, it would only it would be odd if she was a person who never would leave her house. Right, and I, I'm just not getting that. But to just suddenly tell your daughter, "Hey, your mom just got committed to a mental institution where she has no history of mental illness," and just no, something is screaming, "This is all wrong." Okay, listen to this. On July 16th, he. Pulled up to Zach's house and told me that Angela died of a stroke. And then I basically fell to my knees in the driveway and didn't have any words, couldn't cry, I was just in shock. He did not want to have a funeral or memorial service. Dear Lord in heaven. Can you even imagine telling your daughter first, mom went to a mental institution, she threw a big fit in the parking lot, don't go see her until she's better, and then driving up to your daughter and going, oh yeah, she died of a stroke. Uh, Mary Hen, joining me, associate editor of Kansas City Magazine, who sparked my whole inquiry into what happened to Angela Graham. How old would Angela have been at the time she had a stroke? Um, about 51. Um, that's how old she was when, yeah, at the time of all of this. So A stroke. I mean, is that normal to have a stroke at age 51 with no history of hypertension? I mean, none of this seems, seems normal, right? And, and just r- real quick to your previous point, uh, when I talked to Ellie, she did say that um, while she might have noticed that her mom you know, may have had a few odd behaviors. She never um, imagined that that would be enough to hospitalize her 
uh, due, due to mental health issues. Absolutely. Well, everything spins out even more. Take a listen again to Ellie Green. I called up my Aunt Catherine. I couldn't even say anything at first, and I just cried for a whole minute. And then I told her her sister had died. Um, and she was so confused. And she asked, like, why hasn't Jeff told us this? And I said, because he doesn't want to. Um, and her mind started racing about, like, funeral agents, and she had to fly down here. And I told her it was back in July. And she said, what? Um, to just, like, bring her that news. It's just horrible. Dale Carson, I've got all kind of alarms going off in my head. Why would you not tell your wife's sister that she's dead of a stroke? You know what this is reminding me of? Tot Mom, Casey Anthony, where Tot Mom claims that Kaylee was taken by the babysitter, but she was doing her own private investigation and waited for a month until her mom found out that Kaylee was missing. Or, or um, oh, here's another one, uh, Tot Mom, also Tot Mom related, where the new theory at trial was that Kelly died in the pool where she accidentally fell in. And instead of telling people Kelly has passed away, she drowned in the pool, having a funeral, letting family and friends know about the tragedy. Tot Mom's theory was her father, a former cop, fished the body out of the pool, threw it in a trash bag, and threw it in the woods. That doesn't make sense. No, of course not. And, and first you have the eight-month delay in notifying anyone. Then you have the follow-up of the father, the, the husband, saying, well, she died or she's taken to the mental institution, things that can't easily be verified. So those are the three red flags that tell us that he knows way more than he's saying. You know, another thing, Dan Corsentino, former police chief, former sheriff, U.S. Homeland Security, now private eye. Dan, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But have you ever noticed, I've got two women here in the studio with me. Have you ever noticed that you you hear how women become, quote, hysterical? I remember a movie that was titled Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. You never hear, oh, he just was hysterical. We had to put him in a mental institution. You never hear that. It's always the woman who's crazy and hysterical and is forced into a mental institution. And oops, whoops, she died. Why is that, Dan Corsentino? You're the former police chief, the former sheriff. Why is it just us women are the ones that are hysterical all the time? Well, I don't think women are the only ones hysterical. Before we die. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if that's completely true. I do know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know if it's completely (laughs) true that just the women are hysterical? It's not true. Correction. That's right. Men are hysterical. Men are hysterical. And men have great passion great emotion they display that and it's an unfair comment but in this case is as many cases it's very calculating dan corsentino you just said that so much better than i was saying it 
I was angry that women are always pegged as emotional, uh, hysterical. Oh, hey, you know what, Jackie? It must have been her period. She was nutting up. She was, quote, hormonal. If I hear that one more time, I guess I'll just get hysterical. Um, Mary Ann, <laughs> the whole, she goes to a mental institution and then she dies. But the not telling the relatives, not telling Angela's own sister that she had passed, to me, is a huge red flag. When you heard that, what was your reaction? And is, is, does Angela understand how wrong that is? Yeah. Um, I mean, my first thought is to ask why. Um, why didn't he tell family? Um, and that's something that I asked Ellie and her response was sort of, um, you know, that her, her father, uh, kind of expressed that he wasn't ready. Um, he wasn't ready to tell them. Um, and then my other thought was, well, if this is her family, um, why, why are they sort of okay with going eight months without hearing from her, right? Seven, eight months without hearing anything from her. And apparently, you know, by this point in time, Angela had been kind of withdrawn uh, from her, her family. They had moved to New York from Kansas, um, were kind of living their own lives. And it wasn't uncommon that they would go, you know, months uh, without talking to each other, even on the phone. That's a really good point, Mary, because I thought the same thing. You don't talk to your sister for eight months and there's something, nothing wrong with that. But apparently they had that relationship where they were not very close. One's in New York. One is in Kansas. And they just don't they just don't talk that much. You know, I see a lot of people, Mary, when they have their own family, they kind of discard their mm-hmm. siblings and maybe that's what happened here, or maybe it was the other way around. But I'll tell you, now we're getting into conflicting stories. Take a listen to Dave DeMarco, Fox 4KC. When neighbors reached out to the couple's daughter, away at college, she texted. He said her dad told her that her mom died of a stroke in July but that she thinks that may not be the case. We have some conflicting um, statements about her whereabouts. That's a little concerning for us. So we have some more information, yeah. It's very kind of disturbing. And some neighbors just don't believe what they're hearing. I guarantee you she did not have a stroke. So again, police are calling this a missing persons investigation and asking anyone who has seen Angela Green to contact them. She's a five foot nine inches tall Asian woman, 116 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. You can call the Prairie Village Police Department here or the Crime Stoppers Tips hotline at 816 816- Four seven four tips. You know, I love what that neighbor said. I guarantee you she did not have a stroke. Did you hear the neighbor say that, Jack? I guarantee you she did not have a stroke. You know, uh, very often when I argue to juries, I ask them to use their common sense. Nobody believes this woman had a stroke. Can I tell you? There's always a trail if you know where to look. Take a listen to our friends at the Kansas City Star speaking to Ellie Green. My mom's family asked me for a death certificate. Um, So I went to Topeka and I asked if they could find one. Um, 
and he said that there wasn't any record of her death. There wasn't any record of her death in the state of Kansas. Because I knew when there was no death certificate that my stomach sank and something was wrong. Then I went to the police. I filed a missing persons report. I wish I had closure to this. I don't believe she's alive anymore. I think she would reach out to me, um, have some sort of contact with me. There would be some trace of her somewhere. Like, she wouldn't just leave home without her driver's license or passport or phone or car. That seems really strange to me. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible. It's Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. 
Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Mary Hinn, associate editor, Kansas City Magazine. You can't have a legal cremation without a death certificate. That, that's against the law. That is against the law. Who declared her dead? Where was she supposed to have died? Was there an autopsy? Was she in a, 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 a medical hospital? Is there any trace of Angela to suggest she really passed away, that she really was cremated, that there was ever a death certificate? Yeah, there, there's, there's no trace, Nancy. Um, no death certificate for Angela Green was found in the state of Kansas um, or in the entire U.S. Uh, no death certificate exists for Angela Green. Are you sure? Yes, that was, I mean, that was according to police. Um, they, they investigated that after Ellie went on her own and searched for a death certificate for a mother in the state of Kansas. There wasn't one. Um, and then later police uh, did a nationwide search for a death certificate and there was not one. Take a listen to our friend Sheree Honeycutt, Fox 4. Green also told his daughters Angela's ashes were delivered to the home, but he never made arrangements to have her cremated. In another call, Ellie points that out to her dad. Did you look into a death certificate after mom passed away, after you got that phone call? No, I did not. I figured that when the time came to where a death certificate was needed, and that could have been, could have been the taxes. Well, the death certificate is needed when you cremate somebody. Well, yeah, but I don't know that I need to get a death certificate for cremation. I don't have a clue how that all works. And you chose not to look it up and research anything about it? No. Funeral directors say they won't make that decision for a family. They can't. Is there ever an instance in Kansas where someone could be cremated legally without a cremator's permit? No. Funeral homes want to make sure, and crematories want to make sure... Uh, number one, they have a correct body that the family does want the cremation and, and they don't, obviously don't want to cremate someone where the person who has authority to make those decisions isn't signing off on it. Back to Mary Hinn joining us uh, from Kansas City. Mary, that is actually the husband, Jeff's voice. How was that obtained? That was husband Jeff Green speaking to the daughter Ellie, correct? Yes, yes. That was a phone conversation, a recorded phone conversation uh, between Jeff and Ellie. Um, If you've been following this case, you know that Jeff has, from the beginning, um, not said a word to police. So there aren't any recordings of Jeff, you know, uh, speaking to police or going on record. He has not done that. Um, Ellie did take the liberty, uh, the initiative to record uh, phone calls with her father, um, and that's what you're hearing there in that recording. So he's basically saying that someone else just delivered the cremated remains that he never asked for his wife to be cremated. Yeah, that was sort of um, uh, a story that he apparently gave to his daughter, Ellie, um, that Angela had been cremated after her death, after having a stroke in the hospital. Um 
There was even an urn in the family home, um, but later that urn was found to be empty. And all the time he had implied that those were his wife's ashes? According to Ellie. Okay. Okay, take a listen to Hour Cut 9, Fox 4. In this text message that's never been made public, Jeff tells his daughter Ellie he has Angela taken to a mental health facility. The handoff to care workers happens in the parking lot of a supermarket. However, later, he says that never happened. You literally told me that she was not taken away in a public parking lot with people. Well, I thought that I was going to try and do that, and then I figured that that may not be the best thing. So I told her that I was going to have people come and pick her up and she was going to go to the hospital. Anytime law enforcement looks at changing stories, it raises suspicion. Without evidence, I wouldn't dare say he did it. And I wouldn't say it's not possible. There's another explanation. Dale Carson joining me, former Fed with the FBI, now high-profile lawyer joining me out of Jacksonville. Dale Carson, it's one thing to add to your story. Under the right questioning, I would assume facts would be added. But to change your story is a whole nother animal. No question that when you're interviewed by whoever it is and you are giving answers to reasonable questions and they're all turned around backwards, it's as though the person asking the questions, why would you ask me that question when you know what the answer is going to be and the answers are invalid? There's no reason in the world to answer by saying, She was taken away, and then she died, and we got her ashes, but we don't know where she was taken away to. We don't know how she was taken. We don't know how she actually died, and as we know... And we know one thing, Dale Carson, she wasn't cremated. There's nothing in that urn. Nothing. That's a fact. You know, uh, Mary Hen, do they still, does the father, Jeff... Green still live in the same home that he was living in when his wife Angela had a stroke. Yeah, to my to my knowledge, he is still living in their Prairie Village home uh, in in Kansas. Um, you know, Dan Corsentino, did you hear what Mary Hen just said? They need to be tearing that home up board by board. I agree a hundred percent. I think that the investigation uh, from the amount of time the past of eight months has been inconclusive because the police haven't got in and done a thorough search. And I agree with that. Okay. Is it true, Mary Hen, that at some point the husband, Jeff Green, changes his story and says his wife ran away with another man? Maybe that's what happened? Yeah. So that's certainly um, what the information that I got from Ellie. So um, this whole time, his story has been changing. He's been changing the narrative um, as, you know, relayed to Ellie. Um, again, he has refused to cooperate with law enforcement, so we don't have, you know, an official record of that. But we do have, uh, as you just played, the recorded phone calls. We have text messages to Ellie, um, and it's very obvious that he... Uh, has lied somewhere down the line, that his story, you know, the very least that his story has changed uh, several times. What was his story about her running away with another man? Yeah. um, He, so after all of this uh, sort of starts surfacing and Ellie and and Angela's family kind of start digging for answers, um, Jeff starts to tell Ellie that he 
might have seen Angela around their home in Prairie Village at the end of 2019, that uh, she ran off with friends, um, that she left the house, um, you know, and that someone picked her up in a car. Wow. You know what that sounds like uh, to you, Karen Stark? It sounds like exactly like what Drew Peterson said about his fourth wife, Stacy Peterson, whose body has never been found. He was finally tried for the murder of his third wife, Kathleen Savio, who was found drowned in a bone-dry bathtub. She was exhumed, and a jury convicted him of murder. But he also said that fourth wife, Stacy, just left on foot. A car came and got her. She left behind all of her stuff, all of her clothes, everything, their children, her children, to be with another man. And she's never been seen again. Well, Nancy, I mean, what makes sense out of all of this? He changes his story over and over again. Here's a woman who doesn't leave the house that much. I mean, everyone is saying she doesn't like to go out, her daughter says. And somehow, after she, he says mm-hmm. she's been committed, then she's dead, then she left in a car with somebody else. There's no birth certificate. No death certificate. None of it. And it's so convenient that, oh, suddenly she has a boyfriend. Guys, take a listen to Our Cut 11, our friend Dylan Thomas at CBS4 Colorado. This weekend, a new Miss Colorado USA will be crowned right here on the stage behind me in Greeley. Each contestant comes with a unique story and a different cause, which they are backing. But for one contestant, she says this stage behind me will give her the opportunity to bring a voice to those who no longer have one. Pageants, they aren't for the faint of heart, but for first-time contestant Ellie Green. The excitement and also the reasons I'm doing this, they cancel out those nerves. The Miss Colorado USA pageant gives contestants like Ellie a platform, a platform Ellie hopes to share with her mother. I'm advocating for my mom because she doesn't have a voice. She disappeared about two years ago, and I still don't know where she is or what happened to her. Two years ago, Angela Green went missing near Kansas City. Ellie's father told her Angela had been unexpectedly hospitalized, later saying she had passed away. But then, when no death record could be found, he changed the story, saying Angela was actually alive, but had run away. Mary Hen, that proves that you can look, as she does, absolutely stunning and beautiful, like you've got the world at your feet. Here she is competing in Miss Colorado, and... Even as she is on the stage and all of her finery, she is missing her mother desperately. Why? What, what are police doing to solve the case, Mary? That, uh, that's a great question, Nancy. And that's something that um, I've asked. That's something Michelle, Angela's niece, has been asking. That's something Ellie has been asking. Um, they want answers. Um, they want some closure. Um, and... You know, I, I believe Prairie Village Police said um, uh, in July 2020 that they had exhausted over 200 leads and that the, the case was officially cold. Have they torn apart the house? Well, the thing about that is Jeff had multiple properties. So they did a search of the Prairie Village home um, and later searched another home that he had in Lawrence. But there's some... Um, some questionable things kind of surrounding the search of that Lawrence property. You know what? 
This case needs to be reopened. If you have information, dial 913-642-6868 or Crime Stoppers 816-474-TIPS, T-I-P-S, 8477. Where is Angela? Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner.